Welcome to Anything But Routine. Today, before we start the podcast, we want to talk about digital dance. Digital dance is an online dance video library. Watch videos on ballet technique, taking a hip-hop class, learning what it means to be a captain, and so much more. Start your seven-day free trial at digitaldanceinstruction.com. Now, enjoy the podcast. Hey, studio owners, teachers, and coaches. So today I was asked to do a podcast on your first day of dance, and I'm more thinking studio than coaching, but it might help everyone. First off, talk about classroom management or practice management and expectations. And I have to give a shout out to Erin Lacina, our director in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. These are her notes, and I took her class, and I learned so much in it that I just want to share it. So she just said, lesson one, uh, you have to manage your class before you can even think about dance steps and choreography. Without that lesson on day one, you're setting yourself and your students up for failure or at the very least not optimizing their learning experience. Like any other children, they need structure and look to you as your coach or teacher to administer it. Without it, chaos will eventually erupt. How are they to know your studio expectations or practice expectations if you don't set the guidelines transparently for them and secondly, follow through with them? This should be a part of not only class culture, but studio culture where a common mindset is instilled. Ideally, it should commence with the very first day of class. It may take a few classes for it to become the natural rhythm of class, letting dancers know on the first day what is expected of them will surely set the bar and help them understand that you and them are there to dance, not to socialize. Plan your expectations ahead of time. And I know for myself on day one of class, I try to dance more and talk less because kids have sat in school all day. And and so it's important to do these lessons, but to try to expedite them so that the kids get to do what they came there to do, move. Are you a teacher who expects your dancers to come in quietly and start warming up when they enter the studio? Are you a teacher who likes your dancers to line up all of their belongings in a certain spot when they come in? Are you a teacher who prefers dancers to sit ready with their dance notebooks open every week reviewing the previous class? Are you a teacher that likes to take the first five minutes of class to catch up with dancers and check in with everyone? Is there a dress code? For younger classes, how do you want them to enter the studio? Do they have set spots at the bar or in the center? And at the end of class, are the dancers expected to come up individually and thank the teacher for class? Thank the teacher after an individual correction is given to them? Are they permitted to bring water bottles in? A lot to think about in the beginning, but it will give you loads of time on the tail end of the year and years to follow if all these things become natural habits. The bottom line, be transparent with your students. Don't make a guessing game for them or you. If you're clear with yourself and your management style and expectations, your students will be too. And I can guarantee there will be a lot more dancing going on in your program week after week 
for everyone to enjoy. So those are her, that is her list. So I'm just going to expound on that a bit. I always tell parents that I run a tight ship. I do this ahead of time in emails. I also hand out a handout about expectations. The expectations are different from preschool than they are for high school or fourth grade or whatever. So every age level has their own set of expectations. For preschool, our expectation is arrive a little early or your kids are stressed out when it's time to come into class and they oftentimes have more problems with separation anxiety. If a parent's always habitually late, those are the kids that seem to have more problems running in because the parent's stress transfers to the kids. So I talked to parents about that ahead of time. And I just prep them about, you know, what to do if your child does not participate. And, you know, I have a whole handout on that if anyone's interested in it. For younger kids, I have their name tags laid outside in the exact spot every week. And I have parents put those on the kids. I have scrunchies to put around their right ankle so they can tell their left from their right. Or you can use a ribbon or whatever. I tell them the dress code. I have all my playlists ready to go because with preschool level, if you are not ready, you know, if you, if you have to stop, it's like, then that's when all hell breaks loose basically. Um, so just, just be ready so that you have some structure. I always have this little landing pad for them to come sit on. It's a pink rug or a turquoise rug might be better if you have boys and they stop there before they go farther and it gets them to calm down. And then I always have a layout of the class where I break it down in five minute or 10 minute increments. For preschool, it's five minute increments of what I'm going to do. And I just met with somebody yesterday on how to teach preschool. It was actually that we were talking about. And I said, if you have a 30 minute class, try to have 40 minutes to fill and it will make it It'll make you have more to do to fit in that time so that you keep things moving. And you you won't get to all of it, but it'll at least give you options if something isn't working. With older kids, I, I do the same type of thing where I give the parents expectations on what to wear, how I want the hair, put the water bottle by the side of the room because I don't let the kids go out, but I have them bring it in. And you want them to know where you are at where you want them at when you start class. I have a door they line up in to come in and I have a door they exit out of so that we don't have traffic jams leaving the studio if you're lucky enough to have two doors. And then the next class can be all lined up ready to go. I always bring my kids close to me the first day of class and sit up front and I introduce myself. I tell them you know, a, a little about myself and go over those expectations and I go over the rules. I don't want to overwhelm them with too much because a lot of times they have um, sat through school all day. So I like it to be, you know, here's what we're going to do. And I constantly give um, instruction on how we're going to do anything how are we are going to do things in our class and what is acceptable and what is not. So I read a book once called One Minute Manager and it talks about dealing with situations right when they happen. So discipline-wise, I run a tight ship so kids right away know what they're expe- what what I expect and what I will allow and what I will not allow. New teachers really remember to not not let the tail wag the dog. Make sure you're the dog wagging the tail. And that that sounds kind of funny, but it you are in charge of that class and make sure you are. I am kind, I am nice, but I am um, 
strict. I, I, I don't let the squeaky wheels run the class. I, I think sometimes that's the biggest mistake teachers make is they focus on the negative kids and instead focus on the kids that are doing what they're supposed to do. And that goes all the way from preschool through college. What you praise gets repeated. So really focus on, wow, look what, I love how, you know, Jada lined up so fast. Look what she's doing right now. Great spotting. Um, wow, I love it when you're, they're not, everyone's not talking. That, that gets repeated. So praise what you want to get repeated. So something else to just think about is always start on time and use every minute and keep it as active as you can. Remember, parents are paying by the minute. What are you giving them per minute? Always end on time, never early. And I usually put notes outside my door if there's something that's coming up next. I want one of the things that parents appreciate is communication. So anytime you can communicate to the parents, put a note outside the room, that's going to help. Rookie teacher mistake is asking, okay, do you want to do it again? Uh, no, don't ever ask that because you don't care. You're going to do it again. Say, Learn to say, let's do it again. Let's line up fast. Here we go. Don't wait for the kids to line up. Put the music on. If they're not there, they will figure it out. Because I've seen teachers wait forever for groups to line up. And um, it's just important so that you know kids are running in that you start on late rather than waiting for kids to get there. It, it will make your culture. Move around the room. Don't stand in one spot. You're going to see different things from different places. Uh, comment to parents when you see them regarding their kids, their child, so that they know that you notice them. And try to note, notice every child in the room. Try to notice, you know, maybe keep track in your notebook if you can. Try to After you go home, go, did I remember this kid, this kid, and this kid? And then if you didn't, next week, focus on them to make sure they know. Um, one of my directors does a child of the week or two children of the week that she emails the parents and just sends like a happy gram. That's really neat to do that. When you're teaching, be detailed and clean as you go. I feel that's so important so that they learn correct habits. I never let, let my kids mark things sloppy, like even if we're demonstrating. And I for turns, for example, I, I see this little thing where people hit their hands together and I'm like, what's that? Um, why aren't we turning? You know, sometimes when they're marking it and you're trying to learn the order, I would do that. But most of the time, turn. Those kids that turn all the time are going to be the better kids. Now, how much to cover each week? I know in Just for Kicks, we tend to teach more choreography than a lot of studios. And, um, you know, especially with little kids, I feel like they get bored if you don't have a lot coming at them. So I have activities and choreography and skills, everything. I want to be a total package, but know what you're teaching that night. Like if you're going to be teaching a routine, have a set goal of, okay, I'm going to get through eight measures of choreography and then I'm going to work on this and I'm going to work on that. So a plan is very important. When I'm teaching, one thing that helps kids retain it is if I'm starting measure two, I would start my arms and my foot in the position I ended 
measure one because then it connects it together in their brain. So that will help them know, oh, that's after that. And try to become a master of cueing. So you'd be like, next, it's the turn set. You know, you're talking them through what it is. Um, You should never be sitting down. You should be moving around at all times and focusing on the kids from different areas of the room. And if you have mirrors, occasionally you can have them turn away from the mirror so that they learn it without looking at themselves. That would come later. So I guess in a nutshell, be prepared. Go into class very prepared. Go into class happy with a smile on your face and always remember that your moods are contagious to your kids. So this might be their best hour of the week as a child. So make sure you're making it the best you can. And don't take yourself so seriously. Stuff is going to go wrong and you're going to be fine. Just make it a great class. And the last thing I'd say is keep good notes. So when you're done, if you promised you'd do something for the next week, remember to write it down or by next week, you're not going to remember. Best of luck taking on the new year. Thanks for listening to Anything But Routine. If you like the podcast, subscribe and give us a rating. We'll see you next time.